0: Welcome to What The Fun Podcast with Kimmy, Kisa, and Renee. Glad you can join us as we explore all aspects of entertainment and current events with industry professionals, friends, and us. Welcome. Well, here we are, our first podcast episode. I can't believe finally here.
1: Yay, we're doing (laughs) it. It's exciting for sure. Nerve wracking, exciting. We don't know what the heck we're doing, but we're making it happen. And that is what counts, right? Yes, we are.
0: We're doing it. I mean, we start this podcast in the middle of a quarantine, which I think is the perfect opportunity to keep us uh, occupied and whatnot. I mean, there's so many things I miss. Um, I miss being at work. What do you ladies miss?
1: Yeah, I don't
0: miss being at work at
1: all. <laughs> I miss the people. I miss our chats, but I'm so glad that we have this to like spend time together because this is how it all started, right? We were in a cubicle. We were chatting about life and about all these ideas that we had and laughing a storm <laughs> That is the one thing that I do truly miss is
0: cubicle chat. I mean, that was our downtime to have cheese mozza, cheese the
1: shade in
0: the cube.
1: <laughs> but we never really talked like smack about others. It was just like just enjoying ourselves and each other, and that was what was fun about it. So I enjoyed it, and that's what I miss more than. Work
0: absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I know the cube chat is just spontaneous conversation. I mean, we talked about everything from what not so much work life, but just what's happening out in this world, and even sometimes in our personal lives, you know. So, like, right now, if we were in the cube, I'd be talking about quarantine as to Mm -hmm. how many times I took a shower last (laughs) week, (laughs) which you know, I um. I am proud to say that you know living as a minimalist, you know, it's helped me <laughs> save a lot on laundry, um, water cost. You know, I, my husband's Kimmy, not <laughs> proud.
2: <laughs> Kimmy, just so everybody knows, how how many times have you taken a shower hmm. collectively in this past week? <laughs> yeah. So okay. So let's say. Okay, so today is is Wednesday. So from this Wednesday to last Wednesday, how many times have you taken a shower?
0: Okay, I don't want anyone judging me again. Quarantine made me do this, but um, if I didn't take a shower last night, today would have been day five. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, um, yeah, you know, what's great about this is that you're not the only one. I'm sure there's more people. I've been showering just because it's so hot. But if it wasn't as hot, I'd probably skip a day or two (laughs) myself
0: yeah I mean you know, if, if, if it continues to be hot cause you know summer is wait, is it already here summer's already here I have um, no idea what season it is right now I think, yeah, it's,
1: I think, spring. It's, like I think it's technically spring. spring right now we're in spring
0: sometime <laughs> well, then I'm,
2: I'm just gonna just... say that even even if we weren't locked in our houses I still wouldn't know what season it is so
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna blame that one on the quarantine <laughs> everything that I do in life will be blamed on the quarantine. (laughs) To answer your question, you know what? I will be taking a shower every third day. Once the temperature starts to rise, I'm going to take a shower every third day. Everything that's something. It's better than better than every five. Than every five. (laughs) Listen, last night I dumped baby powder on my head because yeah, my hair starts to get oily after two days and well at day four (laughs) you could um you can like squeeze the oil out of my hair. Is that T M I should I just stop? Should I just shut up now? I'm gonna just shut up.
1: Anyway, that 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 the audience, our listeners, are going to get used to this quickly, so it's okay. (laughs) This
0: is this is just a sneak peek to who I am and how I do. So I am, but I do miss. I do miss as each of us. I mean, we're so heavily involved in the entertainment business. I mean, both of you. tell, tell the world what you guys do.
2: Well, Renee and I, we are stage managers, which if you don't know what a stage manager is, um, we manage the stage. <laughs> <laughs> i waiting
1: to hear her definition because I've never been able to explain what I I, I don't do. really
2: know. It's literally like a jack of all trades. You have to do everything. And The biggest thing that nobody tells you when you're in school uh, studying stage management is that you need to know how to talk to people because that is number one one. skill set to have because, boy, do you have 800 different types of personalities coming at you
0: all different types of ways. (laughs) And I got, I got to say, it can I, make you or break you. I, no, I gotta say, I respect stage managers. I mean, to have all that patience, I am. So for me, I'm not a stage manager. I am. I am the performer. So I'm your headache, and um, I, <laughs> I did um, a production of The King and I many moons ago. And I felt bad for the stage manager who had to deal with all the screaming brats and corralling all the kids <laughs> to uh, get to places and just to have all the patience. I, um, I give you guys lots of kudos. But, um, you know, it's funny because you you said like to have a lot of patience.
2: And if you would ask anyone who knows me, my family, if I'm a patient person, everyone would say no. <laughs>
1: Same here <laughs> because I'm not patient. <laughs> oh, that's a fire sign in you. Like I'm an Aries myself and I personally cannot I don't have patience. Patience is a virtue I do not possess, but I I practice tolerance every day. <laughs> I practice tolerance every day. As I said, no. i am not personally I'm not missing work. <laughs> I'm Scorpio.
0: If we're talking about science here, I'm a Scorpio and I tend to bite. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I can be problematic. So hence me being a headache to stage managers. We're going to get along just fine with this podcast (laughs) show. (laughs) Just fine. (laughs) Oh man. Oh my gosh. You know, I do miss live entertainment though. I do miss being on stage. Um, especially now with everyone staying at home i i wish i was with my improv troupe you know we spontaneous fun spontaneous action acting and just entertaining the audience and now uh, we've been sequestered at home with yeah and
2: i i think that um (laughs) after talking all this mess about uh Managing people. Um <laughs> I do miss, you know, putting on a good show. I think that's yeah. why I love stage management. You know, I and I don't know about you guys, but like the reason why I like stage management is because you have your hands in everyone's bucket, which is a good and a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But um it makes it all worth it at the end because no one can do the show without you. You better exactly. believe that. <laughs>
1: Oh, many people believe that they can. (laughs) And they come to the quick realization that they cannot. (laughs) So that's what's so great about it. I personally, uh, I, I joke, I know that I'm kidding when I say like, I don't miss work. I do. I do miss the people. That's the part that I love the most. And and putting on a good show and, and watching it happen in life, like when you're calling the show and you're seeing it come to life and you're seeing it, it's it's just amazing. And then, and then even when you're not calling the show and you're walking by and you're watching or you're hearing the music or whatever it is, or you're going to a good mm-hmm. venue and watching a great concert or something like that. And all of that is, is it's sad to not see it happening, but I'm glad that people, we are yeah. still making it happen even if it's you know through a virtual right. virtual avenue
2: yeah and i think um one of the things that one of the positives because i know everybody doesn't like the quarantine i miss my routines as well of being able to go outside but i think one of the positive things that have come out of it is that um we've seen a lot of people in the Broadway community start putting on a ton of live streams, all of a sudden everyone's a streamer Mm -hmm. and um, figuring out how to put their product on the internet to let people watch it and see it. And Andrew Lloyd Webber has, um, has something that comes out every single week where one of his shows or this past week, it was um, a benefit where it gets put on YouTube and is up on YouTube for 48 hours and people can watch it. And (sighs) Two weeks ago, um, they did, a a lot of the big Broadway stars did a, a 90th birthday celebration for Stephen Sondheim, which is incredible. Two and a half hours of great people singing some of the best songs from Broadway. It's amazing. And, um, normal and, and in real life, they were planning on doing a celebration in New York, you know, um, on Broadway and mm-hmm. we wouldn't have been able to see that, you know, it would, how, like we would have seen right. it, what, maybe a, a year from now when it gets yeah. released on some PBS special, like, but we got to see it like right at, like right then when they wanted to put on a celebration for him, which is amazing. Yeah. Bless,
0: te- so bless the technology. Yeah. No, bless technology for making that happen. I mean we get to even though even though our scenery is not pretty in the back it's you know I love that it's so organic and still sticking true to the art.
1: Yes. Yes. So that's what I'm excited about with this podcast is that we get the opportunity to interview and get to sit down and talk with these people that are making it work that are bringing live entertainment to people's homes virtually and beyond that. And obviously we're not going to just talk to folks that are doing that, but that's a main thing that's happening nowadays. And mm-hmm. our first guest, Jay Jason Daunter, who uh, has spent the last 15 years working professionally on the road and in New York on Broadway as a production stage manager is going to be our first guest, which I'm really excited about. Um, yay! Yeah. <laughs> he has a, a, a very, extensive resume uh the last thing he worked on on broadway was to kill a mockingbird starring jeff daniels he's also done cyrano de bergerac starring kevin klein and wicked and he toured with Wiki, *Wicked*. wicked oh, my favorite new with- I, I love *Wicked*. <laughs> <Wiki. laughs>
0: <laughs> wicked i love wicked
1: I love wicked too. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I actually was backstage with Jason before knowing it was Jason. Okay? I I did like a shadow and I shadowed him and I sat I stood next to him and then when I saw him again when he moved to California, uh-huh. I didn't know it was him and eventually I started putting two and two together and was like, "Wait a minute. I know this guy." <laughs> so, small world, small world. But anyway, um now he's here. He's in California, and he's uh, got his own production company called Projects with Jason, and it's going to be exciting get to getting to know a little bit more about what he does and what who he is and what magic he's making happen.
0: Yay! Oh, my goodness. Yay. Excited. Welcome. Welcome, yeah, Jason. So
3: excited. Welcome, Jason. Hi, ladies. I can't believe you uh, trusted me to be your first guest. That's your tragic downfall right there, but... <laughs> suckered you into that one. Congrats right off the bat on putting it out there and doing this. I'm very excited.
2: (laughs) I know, Jason, I can't believe we agreed to let you be the very first person on our show. But regardless, we are so excited to have you here today. I know that you've been working really hard on projects with Jason, which pairs up high school students with working professionals in the industry. Do you want to tell us a little bit about projects with Jason?
3: Yeah. So, um, you know, Project of Jason is, uh, the company name and, you know, I sometimes depending on the day I'm the Jason in the title or I'm not the Jason in the title, uh-huh. um, just depending, but it's been a joke for a long time about, uh, just friends of mine in the city would say, Oh, it's a Project of Jason. Uh, because I would call and say, Hey, I've got a gig. Do you want to come play? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And you never really know what it was. And these, you know, these opportunities that I always talk about to like present themselves out of nowhere sometimes. And so these opportunities would present themselves. And I always wanted to be around my friends. You know, A, I knew they could deliver. B, they were fun to be around. Right. And um, they just became these things that they wouldn't, it wasn't about the money necessarily. It was about the collaboration and uh, getting to do the the passion that we loved. And some of them were in corporate America at the time and got to come back to theater or whatever it was. And so when uh-huh. this whole like pandemic thing started and I was getting close with a couple of high schools out here because my background with um, educational theater and, you know, giving back and paying it forward, as I say, Uh, they were getting all their shows canceled before schools really shut down. And so a school out here in Orange County that i got in close with had their Broadway night canceled. And so uh, the great work that Seth Rudetsky and James Wesley were doing with the Actors Fund in New York, doing two shows a day to raise money uh, virtually, I was watching those. And they had mentioned this, you know, online program you could use to stream. So I sort of started thinking about it and went back to the teacher and said, hey, what if we, what if we stream uh, Broadway night? And you know of course she was overwhelmed as many of the teachers across the country right now are because they've had to go to, you know, online learning and learning all this new stuff for themselves just in order to keep their classes up. She right. said I can't really, you know, do anything extra and I said you don't have to, I'll figure it out. And so it was sort of I knew I could do it by myself if I had to. But ultimately when show night came, I didn't have to. I had two friends that helped and we made it work and it was sort of, you know, very contained and I look back on it and it was great. We had, you know, production values from day 1. Mm-hmm. Went to my musical supervisor Jason Yarko in New York and said can you write me a theme, will you record some tracks if we need them? Then the phone started ringing. It was everybody who's been with me on projects for like the past 15 years uh, and longer and said, you know, we want to get involved. How can we get involved? And I'll look into this. I'll look into that. And so we have about 15 on uh, the Project with Jason team right now that it's a collective and a collaborative where it's you have your area of expertise that you bring something to the table of. But in production means everybody comments on different areas. And it's how we've also done benefits through the years. We've averaged about two shows a week and we're right. launching a new series called Tech Table. So Friday nights are our, our signature show, which is called Virtual Cabaret, which takes some um, high school kids across the country, uh, allows them to sing a song. We've had a tap dance now, you know, perform mm-hmm. something they want to perform and then puts a professional performer on the show as well, too. And focuses also on the educational um, side of it. So we have a teacher, the teacher right. usually of the program that's being represented or teachers come on at the top and they talk a little bit about the program Then the professionals able to relate with the kids and tell them their stories of education. And one of the great things about it is because we are virtual, you know, make lemon, find lemons, make lemonade, that whole thing. Uh, we can bring in teachers from across the country. So like, you know, Laurel yeah. Harris, who was on Friday night, was in New York. Her teacher from high school was in North Carolina. We could bring all of them together in that moment and have the teacher and the student, the former student together. And it just makes for a great moment that we wouldn't be able to do with budget constraints and such if we were, um, you know, playing a legitimate uh, proscenium theater.
0: Wow, that's that's wonderful. So, okay, so what other projects do you guys have lined up with
3: projects with Jason? Then we have Artists in Conversation, which launched with Kevin Klein, and we've had Sam Harris and Cheetah Rivera, uh, which is a more uh, intimate, in-depth look at the artists themselves and hearing them talk about their full journey from uh, where they started to where they are now and what you know society deems successful, whatever that word means. And we also have a student component in that show as well, which we uh, varies per show. So like with Kevin, they perform Shakespearean monologues and he coached them. Sam Harris gave an amazing masterclass that just sort of worked with four ladies. And then Cheetah's show was a celebration of Cheetah Rivera where we had high school kids from all across the country performing her iconic material, which I think possibly mm-hmm. could be the first time anything like that has happened. Because typically if you tribute um, other Broadway stars, it's Broadway stars tributing their friends, which is great. But this really put a hook in it that we were asking these kids to learn and perform her signature numbers um, all the way down to a brother and sister duo out here in California did dance at the gym and mambo from West side story. Wow. And it was shot in their driveway uh, with social distancing, you know, I drove out and we you know, sort of directed it from a distance and just, you know, reinventing these kids are so brave yeah. uh, to sort of put this out there on the internet. And it's, it's very different. But it's like, otherwise you're playing to a green dot. Um, you know, you don't know what's out there. And so to have them put it out there, and then we launched Tech Table with um, six-time Tony Award winner, uh, lighting designer Natasha Katz, which is going to speak to all of our offstage friends, uh, which is a big, big thing that we're very, we've always been very um, strong about and felt very strongly about. And Matt Conover, our executive producer, feels very strongly about the technicians and the you know, marketers. And it takes all of us in this collaborative arts. We wanted something for them. And this program is going to be really cool. Um, they got some great programming lined up for the summer. And I won't host that one. Casey Wilkerson will host that who's a professional language designer himself and they've got some cool things planned like challenges and things for the students. So I think there's gonna be a real excitement about that. So it's driving a buzz and I think it's filling a need and the need will continue once we all go back to whatever this new normal is. Um, and as I say, come out of the house when we come out of the house. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's been, it's been really exciting. It's been crazy and it's uh, all mm-hmm. of us are learning just as well, but we've, you know, just kind of sort of dove into a, a need that I felt was needed to be there and giving back to these students.
1: That's one of the reasons why we started this podcast too, was to explore that um, because this is a new time and it's a new way of thinking, a new way of approaching things. So that's why one of the reasons why we were so excited to have you here because of that, because you're you're making something that usually would happen in person. Theater is life. It literally is life. And to now have to see it virtually or how do how do we still make that connection how do we have that and and you're doing that so we we think that's awesome and even just
2: from what i've seen everyone in entertainment from theater or sports they're all trying to do their jobs via zoom, via the internet. And so it's, it's one of those things where you kind of have to sit here and and, and say, what is that going to be like when we're all back to normal, whatever that is, because I think there is now this market for this virtual entertainment.
3: Yeah. I think that's the big thing too. And I think it's this it's this circular, it's this circular being, you know, that, um, that I, I get as much out of the shows as they do. I'm hearing from adults that are getting as much out of the shows. I'm hearing from like, you know, just people in the business world that have now signed on and they're, they're connecting with that kid or that professional. The professionals are getting just as much, otherwise they wouldn't be showing up. You know, we're now, we're now getting reached out to by people that have heard about it saying, I want to do the show which is amazing, you know, from a professional yeah. level, just because they they feel committed. And it's not about, yes, of course, they want something to do at eight o'clock on a Saturday. We're creatures of eight shows a week or like whatever that model is in whatever entertainment you, you're involved with. But I think that, yes, we will see a lot more of holding on to some of this. Um, we have to, because I think things that may have been poo-pooed before about, oh, well, they won't connect with that. It's like, no, you can do a remote, you know, and bring somebody in virtually. And I think we'll see a lot more of it.
0: You're you're literally the saying of like the show must go on. You are truly making the show continuously happen especially during these trying times and I truly commend you. You're so inspiring. And the fact that you're reaching out to the community, you know, this is so different from what what we had 10 years ago. And let's just yeah. say let's just say hypothetically speaking 10 years from now, heaven forbid, but if we were to go through another type of crisis here, mm-hmm. seeing how much how much entertainment's evolved just through your project, which is so fucking amazing. Excuse my language, but work. I forgot here. we can say
3: that. Yeah, fucking a. <laughs> Throw it out there. Really? I was the first one to do it. There we go. Fucking
0: a. No, because it's, you know, It was just I. I've just been soaking in everything that you've been saying, and just I am just so at awe with what you've done. You know, with your team, and so. Going back to what I wanted to um, ask is, heaven forbid, but 10 years from now, should we go through another crisis of some sort? How do you see the next evolution of entertainment happening? I mean, given that we have the technology right now to do FaceTime and to continue bringing the show to everyone's home, how how do you think we could evolve even more from that?
3: It'll be some hybrid. I think some hybrid of what this is and it's probably what it should be, but are we going to lose the actual in the room experience? I hope not. Now are they got to lower ticket sales and reinvent how that model's done possibly. And, and did we get a little too big for our britches on some things? Maybe I have, I have uh, one very, very strong. I respect her so much. A uh, very strong voiced person on the team who this sort of was like her original ask a million years ago. She said, what if two words, what if, Mm-hmm. and she will forever ask me. We would be on tour with this project called Making Magic Defying Gravity, which sort of was the basis of where we've ne- we are now today. We followed the Wicked tour across the country, and we put kids with professionals and raise money for um, scholarships for students. Mm-hmm. And we would be backstage right before I'd go on, and she would sit down next to me, and she's like, first of all, she'd launch in with, how's your love life? And she would have given my number to some Southwest flight attendant or Delta or whatever airline she'd flown that week to get to the show. And he might call you and then we find out you have a drug problem later. It was great. It was wonderful, wonderful time. But she would always say, where do you see yourself in five years? And I hated that question. And I still don't enjoy that question. And as we're trying to brand what I'm seeing as a stopgap right now and others on the team are seeing as a bigger, bigger mission that's been going on for 10 plus years. So why not make something out of it? You know, well, where do you see this project in five? I don't know. I don't know. And that's why I need them around me because maybe I should know and maybe I should be looking more at those those things. But right now to me, it's just the need that needs to be filled in the moment.
1: Totally agree.
2: Yeah. I, and just watching your show, Jason, and then watching all of the the live recordings that everybody is doing in the Broadway community, I feel like for me, I'm definitely way more inspired mm-hmm. to continue to produce work. Because I think over time you get stuck in the cycle yeah. and you're, you're not finding the passion anymore. You're not remembering why yeah. you signed up to yeah. do this job because completely. you signed up, <laughs> you know, nobody forced you. Correct.
1: I completely agree with that. <laughs> now um, <laughs> we know that collaboration is an important part of why you like theater. Um, what's one of your favorite stories from working on projects
3: with Jason? Um, one of the, one of the stories I want to share with you guys is I have a 17 year old who, uh, she's the stage manager. And I mean, stage managing me is no walk in a park, um, because I'm directing, I'm still, you know, this, and when I perform, I'm, I'm high maintenance. Um, <laughs> you know, so there's a lot going into that. Cause I, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, be off one night with the kids on or whatever, you know, and I've known her, I've known her for her since she was a kid. I mean, over. Over, oh, she's still a kid. She's not a kid, she's about to go to college. Um, but you know, 12, 13, at least, no, even longer than that, probably like nine, like over 10 years. So no, I've seen her grow up, and we have just like this brother-sister relationship, but it we put in this new opening. So now there's like a whole pre-recorded thing on the show at the top, it's like about four minutes or something. So I'm not on right away at the beginning of every show. And we're always usually right up to the minute, you know, we're setting up studio two, right? you got to put Mm -hmm. studio two together. So the curtain has to be hung and all that. So there's lots going on and then I'm getting ready for the show. And so I had not, you know, put like my show shirt on yet one night and she was like, the show is starting. And she was like, very like, nerved up. And so I was like, okay, I'll be there. And so afterwards that night, she's like, you have to be dressed when the show starts. And I was like, that's not going to happen. I was like, I sweat like some sort of farm animal during the show, so I'm like, I don't like to, you know, be that hot. That and she goes, well, you will. She literally looked at me and was like, you will be dressed, or I'll hit end, end stream End the live, and basically take <laughs> your show off the air. And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> and we had this like standoff. I'm like, I'm literally a 39 year old man standing off with a 17 year old. And I was like, blackmail. So on the on the oh, rehearsal dear. on the rehearsal with uh, Cheetah Rivera the other day. I brought the story up because she's, you know, she's a quiet type and I like to make her talk and, Uh um, so I said to Cheetah, I said, Cheetah, I want to tell you this. This is, the, this is the stage manager for the whole thing. I said, she's doing the camera shots. And she goes, the 17-year-old is running the show. She goes, good for you, sweetie. And I said, and then I told her, I said, and she also threatened that if I'm not dressed at the top of the show, she'll just end the show. And she goes, that's right. You keep him in line. And I was like, great. Now there's no coming back. You can just tell. She had a bit of an attitude about herself that day, you know, clicking her little mouse over there. I could just sense <laughs> it. It was like. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to watch that. And it's amazing to watch the different people and personalities because she's the type of person that does not call attention to what she's done. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in like our dry tech her and I just talking through the show or whatever. And I'm like, Hey, how did we get from two weeks ago, it was three camera clicks to get to this. Cause I would watch it cause I'm the lunatic that's watching all that to just this. And she's like, Oh, I just figured out that if I did this, you know? And so she's automatically making her own shows better, mm-hmm. but not doing a big pomp and circumstance about it. And I think that with me is really what I do love
2: Okay, so Jason, I think um, I want to segue into something that you talked about uh-uh. <laughs> called the mass dating.
3: Oh, Jesus!
2: Do you want to tell us what the mass dating
1: is all about? It's <laughs> I part, decided, of it's part of the times. <laughs>
3: it's yes, it is part of the times. I just came to this realization that whether it's quarantine or what, you know, you only see and like also out here in California, like everybody's pretty much married with kids. Like, I mean, it's a very, it seems like a very small demographic that like, you know, is still going down to the fishing pool. I know Renee, you and I are destined to be together. I think we're the most committed <laughs> relationship I've had recently. Um, but you know, whereas New York, it's like, they I don't know if they're too picky or I don't know what it, or we also just have so much more going on with shows and stuff. You know, here you've got these two consecutive days off a week, um, which most of the country has had. Uh, and I'm just now learning about, but you start getting into that whole, like, Oh, maybe I do want something to do. Right. So, Desperate times. Uh, I'm going to the grocery store and I've got my mask on, which I hate. That's a whole nother show in itself. It makes me feel confined and anxious and I do not like it. Um, But I'm looking around and I'm like, huh, what is going on today? They're all like lookers in here. Albertsons is on point, right? Like, but you can only really see them from like, you know, the nose down because they have their mask on. So it could be the elephant man under there for all I know. But I was just literally like, this could be a whole new thing. Like masked dating. Like, you know what I mean? Like you just have these people that like it's two people or there's a, whole, I think there's a whole idea with inside the voice. This one's going to totally get stolen. I, I think there's an idea with inside the voice that you people that come on a show and you've got like four judges that are in chairs and they're, you know, whatever. And they come out and either like play a saxophone or they recite Shakespeare. Maybe they tap dance or they sing. And if you spin your chair around, you have to have sex with them right then and there. You've made a decision based on, yes, stay with me on this. But like they could sound like Luther Vandross and look like Gilbert Godfrey. No disrespect to Mr. <laughs> Godfrey. It could be like the sweetest sounds of saxophone from Kenny G. And you, Kenny G, remember that? There's a throwback to the 90s. You know, it could be like saxophone sounds. It could be like Eddie, a Teddy Pendergrass. Oh you God. know, someone of like the, 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 the four tops, one of those great sexual healing, you know, Marvin Gaye. And you spin around and it's Abe pagoda Well, you know what? You and Abe are off to the, the make it happen room or whatever it's called.
0: You've got 10 seconds to decide if you that's guys. Right. You've got 10
3: seconds to decide, <laughs> and this it starts now. You know, she could sound like Pamela Lee Anderson. You spin around, and it's that woman from The Incredibles, you know, a little Edith woman. And I think there's got to be some money attached. I don't quite know all the deets about it, but that's between mask dating and that, and what's it like? Do it, maybe it's called. I don't know that. Make it happen. Make it happen. I don't know. <laughs> Look at this. This is the brainstorm <laughs> session right here. <laughs> That's the other thing though, is it is good to laugh. You know, I mean you have to. We're we're running around with people that are putting on costumes and bringing entertainment to people across the country. Like it ain't that deep.
1: It it, it really isn't that deep. And you know it's something this this is what I love about you is is your sense of humor. Like your sense of humor has always been something that has stood out for me, that quality that you have and just making things personable and uh, real and that's something that comes across in your um, show it it's so clear that everyone enjoys being there and that you're hosting it in such a a great way even though it can be serious and you're you're like a, you're moving things along um, at the same time there's just that breath of, of humor that makes it all special where do you think you get your sense of humor from i know personally for me i get it from my parents where do you think you get it from
3: um i it's it sounds it sounds like a, a rehearsed line but i do think it comes from um a defense mechanism mm-hmm. truthfully right off the bat i think it comes from the playground as a kid yeah. where if you know in middle school and stuff where if i if i got to laugh first i was in control of the situation right. so and i found i found through the years with um I had one, you know, relationships come and go from your life. And you find again with those, like, what do you learn? What cycles or patterns are you putting yourself in? Because you're looking for the same person or allowing yourself to accept that, that similar quality in a person. Uh Um, But I remember I did have a relationship that was short-lived and, uh, but it was, it was the right time for both of us. And really the right time for me where he said at one point, like, what, what is this thing you do? And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, you're always like, you always go for like the self deprecating joke. Like, what what is that? And I was like, it's a thing. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm just stupid. Or right. and he's like, uh, and I was like, oh, there it is. You know, like for the next three days, I would hear how like I always was going to be the punchline. I was always going to be. Then I was like, huh. You know, and so it was sort of like, and also I'm still not great with like compliments. You know, people say thank you, and you deflect it, and it's like just there's time, just take it in, just say thank you. You know, everybody worked really hard, or put it on someone else. But I think I think it definitely goes back to a defense mechanism that I found, whether I knew it or not. That if I if I got the laugh, it felt like I was in control of the situation. So I think yeah. that that's where it comes from. Now, now I think it's just I'm just off my rocker, and I just I have no filter. Um.
1: So something that you you started talking about was uh, moving down here and then starting mm-hmm. this new job. What was the catalyst for that? Like I know you mentioned the people, but you were leaving a very reputable you know,
3: the steam train was going, the steam train was definitely going and the money was the highest you can get, um, in this business. But it was, um, it was a minute of, I just finally said, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. It was, it was more about the bigger picture of, I didn't feel like I was at my best. Um, you know, you talk about differences. I think right now what's interesting is like, I'm very torn with, um, not being in New York city. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there's a reason I'm out here and I'm, you know, safer right now, but it's, it's a city that I'm very close to. It's a city that's hurting really bad right now. There, somebody said they're the asshole of the problem. Like who's going to want to travel there, um, after this is over because they were sort of the epicenter. Mm-hmm. And I think what's interesting is being out here now. So like each state is sort of dealing with their state, knowing the information on their state, which they're not wrong to do, but until you've lived in those different lifestyles, different places, you don't know mm-hmm. what it's like. Um, I can see the sunshine every day. I can step outside and it's 80 degrees. My apartment had one window in New York and it's about the size of the bedroom I'm living in here. So, you know, people are up against a very different uh, demographic. So I think right. there was, um, I come out here two years ago and done a short stint. And again, I, I love the people. That's not bullshit at all. I just really connected with this group of people on some sort of level that was, I guess it was just, I saw them for who they really were and they saw me for who I was. So yeah. I was finally like, I gotta take some time for me. I was missing my niece and nephew were growing up and I didn't know who they were. And I went home the day I left the city to go home to St. Louis. My niece's birthday was the next day. I went and surprised her and she literally said, how many hours do I get you for this trip? Mm. And I was like, and there it is, you know, there's that answer. So it was about that. And so we started talking, you know, dialogue out here. Was there something possible? Was there, was there an issue? Mm -hmm. Um, I was very concerned as to what the team thought. And if people were like, in the headspace of, oh, this would be great or this wouldn't, because I don't care if like the company thought it was good. If that team and the people I was going to have to work closely with weren't on board with it, then what was the point? Right. Um, because I was going to move out here without a social circle and to think that like then I'd have to go to work with people that, you know. Um, and so I did it. I, you know, bought a car for the first time and moved across the country. And, you know, maybe I'm not hiding behind a project like I used to. And I think the mm-hmm. biggest thing that I've done in the last year that I'm most proud of is that I finally realized to myself that a project does not define me. For years, it was always, what is that label? I don't think I was yeah. ever happy just being Jason. It was like, oh, it's Broadway's Jason. Oh, it's Wicked's Jason. Oh, it's gay Jason. That was the concern with coming out. Was, this, oh, it was just, It's just, no, it's just Jason. And I think that truthfully at this job, I have come in as just Jason since day one. But I also think that um, I've I've been really impressed with People that I didn't know if I connected with or I respected, then they would reach out, and it's been authentic.
0: I think it's great that you're able to come out here to California and be you. Um, just getting to know you in this short time, you truly seem so amazing. Um, so, moving out here, what have you? What have you been up to? What are some of the stuff you've been doing out here in California? Because, I mean, for me, I, I I'm born and raised. I'm I'm born and raised out here. And so I, um, I enjoy the food, uh, especially in San Diego, we've got lots of great Mexican food. And, um, that's the one thing that I live for here is being a foodie.
3: I, it's, it's not even food. It's, I love driving. I like getting back to driving. I like the, I'm currently now and we're working, it's like about a 30 minute, um, mm-hmm. I love the commute. I'm a nerd because like, I guess, I guess apparently since like the late eighties, no one's listened to radio stations, but I still listen to radio stations. They do. I don't listen to podcasts. I'm going to now, because this is like the first one I've ever been on and first one I've ever listened to. Um, (laughs) I have found that on my drives, um, because we're a three hour difference again, it's the, it's the make lemons, make lemonade thing. That sounds Mm -hmm. like I'm just always kind of trying to find a positive, but because we're a three hour time difference, I'm able to connect with friends. Those were my times of drives to work. Um, My car does voice texting, which I guess also has been a thing since the 90s. Again, I have to preface, I've never had a car. I had a car in college and that was it. So I've one friend in New York that just literally will send me the most foul and obnoxious things because he knows my Siri voice is an Australian man. That's neither here nor there in between my god and me. Um, but he will then say message from and he says who's it from? I'm like here we go. And he just says did 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 and he's like British. He goes, will that be all." And I'm like, "I think that's enough. Yes, that's, that's good." Um, but I do I love the drive. I love the drive because it's a connection. It's a minute to by the time I'm home, I have shut down the work day. Um, it's, you know, I'm not, I don't have to be tied to my phone. Um, I like the weather, no question. I, um, I like, uh, I like the fact that being a Midwestern kid who moved to New York, I love that I can have like 10 rows of uh, paper towels in the closet because in New York, you live very European. You shop a couple times a week Mm -hmm. because you don't have the room to store things. You don't have the room in your fridge. You don't. So there's that, not that hoarder mentality, but there's a mentality of, I can have this. This feels a little, you feel a little more rooted oh my god a washer and dryer inside somewhere like that's massive that's such a good one yeah
1: well before we we wrap up because we're getting there i'm gonna ask you the big question just because you said it so i have to uh what? I knew I was
3: I was gonna bring it up myself but I was like here it Which comes I'm rolling my eyes and, No go ahead I I'm think I know what you're gonna ask. If you won't I'll tell plan you plan
1: is but now I want to
3: know what your question Ooh is. <laughs> Oh that's no I'll, I'll do that. I mean I I thought it was gonna be a mask I think it was oh, the, the masculine dating dating battle. So <laughs> I knew I knew the relationship part was gonna come in. I knew it. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm gonna do like what would I still want to accomplish. I'm not I also in in leaving New York, I knew that I was like done with eight shows a week for now. Yeah, I also sort of thought like, for me, I have to be passionate. I have to be passionate about what I'm working on. Um, So nothing against some of these other shows that are coming in and stuff, but it's like, when you just walked away from Aaron Sorkin's adaptation of Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird, it's kind of like, what's next? How do you, Mm -hmm. how do you top that? You know? And when I've been for the last couple of years with like Kevin Klein, Laurie Metcalf, Jeff Daniels, they are a game actors their work ethic is unmatched i don't want to suddenly do something with some you know for lack of a better word like some seedless celebrity mm-hmm. that doesn't know what we do doesn't respect it um i will say though that perception erica jane from the real housewives came into uh chicago mm-hmm. and i went to see it and i was i was a fan i'm a fan of that version of housewives for what it is and she took it so seriously she had worked yeah. her ass off she was good in the show and then her run got cut short by all of this but um I want to, I ultimately, I would love to have my own company, which I guess I now do, but I, I've always said, I want like my own summer stock. Like mm-hmm. I'd love to have my own regional theater, which now wouldn't be the time that it's like, it's, and it's kind of what Project with Jason is starting. It's like this, Hey, what do you want to do? You know, the whole Mickey and Judy, if you don't know who that is, Google it. My dad's got a barn, you know, let's do a show kind of mentality that like everybody just jumps in and it's about the fun and the nature right. and what you can do. Um you know, ch- always kind of challenging myself outside of it, but also for me trying to be open to things that I may not know are going to happen, which segues into your like, am I open to a relationship? Am I, you know, I did one for like about eight months after like, you know, complaining about it forever. And i had these like random ones. And literally one day I was like, I don't really know that I'm into this and I'm okay by myself. And I was like, have you just wanted something to bitch about all these years? You know, cause I was like, maybe, you know, cause it was the one piece of my life I couldn't control. That's the mm-hmm. one thing I can control my career. I can control all of that um but i'm fine i have you know they say if you have five friends in your life or whatever you're set it's like i have so many more than that um i'm never going to have like a million dollars and be you know set for life i want to continue to live a comfortable life um i'll give every dollar away you know my niece and nephew gets just pretty much about everything and that's fine um but in in career goals i don't really have any for the next 5 years and that doesn't mean i'm driven it just means i've done it's weird to be like sitting where I'm sitting and have people tell me like you're still young. And I don't feel that way, but I've accomplished pretty much everything I've said I wanted to. So now it's about the me and what do I bring to the table? I think.
1: I respect that completely. You have so much to offer and you've had a long career in these 15 some odd years. And I just, I'm in awe. So thank you for coming. And we are just looking forward to what you have to bring to the table We are really excited about what's to come. So thanks once again for joining us.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much, Jason. It's been so much fun having you on our very first episode of our podcast.
3: Thanks, y'all. Congrats, ladies. I was happy to be here. Congrats on challenging yourself to learn something new, having a voice, giving yourself that even if it's just for you artistically, that you feel a little more fulfilled.
0: Thank you so much for um, being here on our show. We truly appreciate Mm -hmm. you joining us today. For more information on Projects with Jason, you can follow him at Projects with Jason on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you'd like to check out his live stream, you can watch him live on Facebook and YouTube. And we want
2: to hear from you guys. So feel free to ask us questions at ReKiki Productions on Facebook and Instagram. Feel free to let us know any subjects or topics you're interested in hearing about. And maybe it'll be on our next episode of our podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye everyone.